Welcome to Elevated, where technology and leadership come together to advance the art and science of the project professional. Through tailored professional learning, we provide executive and professional education experiences to shape curious, future-ready leaders through customized programs. In this podcast, we will be discussing industry trends, product innovation, agility, and technologies that have the potential to shape markets. The topics we cover will be closely aligned with the custom courses offered at the CTME, Caltech Center for Technology and Management Education. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Elevated. My name is Nate Cruz, your facilitator, and it gives me great pleasure to host this September monthly Elevated live stream event. Elevated is a Caltech CTMA streaming service designed for technology leaders who are passionate about staying informed on industry trends, embracing new ways of working, product innovation, and agility. Our discussions align with our custom courses that we have at the prestigious Caltech CTME learning programs. Today, I'm really excited because we have a captivating speech locked up here entitled Effective Leadership by Orchestrating the Leadership Value Change, which will be delivered by an amazing instructor as part of our staff, Professor Dr. Wolfgang Gutel. Dr. Gutel devotes his research and consulting executive education to leading executive change such as how companies survive in turbulent environments and what roles leaders play. He's currently a visiting professor at King's College in London. He's also a professor of leadership and strategy at Vienna University of Technology and managing director and dean of the Academy of Continuous Education at Vienna University of Technology. He previously has worked at universities in the UK, Italy, Switzerland, and Germany. And prior to his academic career, he was a very effective management consultant. His academic achievements include a PhD and a master's in management from the University of Vienna and a master's in political science from the University of Vienna. He is currently the liaison between Caltech and TU Vienna for the engineering management MBA program held part-time in Pasadena and then sometimes in Vienna. In this program, Caltech offers concentrations in operations, supply chain management, deep tech, systems engineering, and the University of Vienna provides management, leadership, and strategy. For Wolfgang's part, he contributes to leadership courses, which he will talk about as part of his presentation, where he applies know-how that has successfully served him over the last 25 years in many MBA programs and in-house leadership programs. The combination of content, digital assets, and group experience learning helps leaders become more effective influencing strategies and their teams for gaining and sustaining competitive advantage. Now, outside all these amazing contributions, Wolfgang cherishes his family. He's been married for nearly 20 years to his wife, Christine, and has four children. They currently live in London, but they have lived previously in Vienna. Without any further ado, it is my great pleasure to invite Wolfgang to the virtual stage. Wolfgang, take the floor. It's yours. Welcome, California from Europe. It's a pleasure to be invited at your digital format at Caltech. I try to make the point on what uh, leaders need to develop and use for performing well in the current business, but also try to move the step forward in order to develop the future business. 
So the purpose of my talk is we are always embedded, but these times it's not more than visible in dynamic and unpredictable environment. There are various tensions and paradoxes to deal with from a leadership position between the future and the current business, for example. I need to be efficient in my core business, but I also need to transform my unit, my domain, my company sometimes to the future. And there are tensions between where should I put my attention on. There's also the tension between performance and success, KPIs and the functioning of my team. And what we experienced in our leadership courses, that there are often rather diffuse uh, leadership expectations. So leaders or managers do not really need where they should put uh, their attention, time, and efforts to move their teams in their units forward. So I hope that we could develop some clarity and attention on the leadership of objectives and the tasks necessary to achieve the goals. How could you orchestrate your leadership value chains in execution, the current business, in engagement, managing your team, and in enhancement, developing the future business and try to find improvement for your current business and how you could deal with tensions and paradoxes in a meaningful way in order to, and this is the main goal as a leader, to act effectively in your leadership um, role and try to balance both domains well. So disruptions in the current business lives are nearly everywhere. Sometimes you could expect some disruptions. Artificial intelligence, for example, there's a certain tendency, but others, uh, for example, a brutal, aggressive war of Russia against the Ukraine and the Western world and society was not that predictable. But in any sense, disruptions are both a threat you have to deal with, but also sometimes there are opportunities, there are spaces that you could use for your future business if you are prepared to take the chance. And what we find in many companies when we conduct our research is that they try to transform from the current business to the future business. And this is the example of KTM, a motorcycle company based in Austria, but with a development unit also in Los Angeles, engaged in MotoGP and in other racing activities and rather successful in the core business. But there's a threat. So sharing concepts, for example, might threaten their market. Use your motorbike not that often. So sharing activities could decrease the sales. There's the e-mobility and autonomous driving initiatives that could be hardly realized on a motorbike with just two wheels. And there's a tendency that the society is more risk averse. So there are threats in the future and they try, for example, find out we sell emotions with our motorbike. This was the initial idea, for example, for developing a future project. And if we are able to understand the emotions on a motorbike, it is our core business. We sell or we deliver emotions to bike riders. Then we could transfer these emotions to other business fields unrelated, for example, to the motorbike business. But it's really hard and challenging to deal with both tendencies, efficient in the core business and successful, but also investing in the future. And the main challenge in organizations is also related to that on the 
in the middle of the storm, there is more or less the, the stable tendency of the core business decision making on the on the regular basis with a moderative dynamic environment in a moderated moderate um, dynamic environment. But at the outside fiends of the storm, there's a much higher pace where you have the ventures, the start is a competition to companies. So leaders in those domains need to make their decisions much uh, more rapidly compared to the core business and the ventures and, and other units at the research and development outside boundaries of the company function quite differently compared to the core business. So there's exploration while in the core business there's exploitation. And this is one main challenge well developed and studied in the field of ambidexterity using both hands. You use both hands at the com as a company in order to be highly efficient in your core business to exploit your existing capabilities in often existing markets. And the main aim is be efficient, try to be predictable to customers, but also internally in order to increase um, profitability. It's more or less the ground from this nice Azure painting. But on a higher level, you need to try to find out how the future might work. You have to invest in the future business. You have to explore new markets, new technologies. You have to invest in innovation. You have to take some risk in order to develop new business models, combining technologies and market knowledge. And what's true for the company, it's also a bit true for every leader, every executive in a company. You need to focus on the existing environment you have in your team or your unit, but also you are responsible and it's just you for moving forward to the future. So you need to balance strategically exploration and exploitation and a functioning team is always the basis that you can explore new markets, but it's also necessary for the exploitation activities. So the performance must be right. There need to be clear objectives, clear roles, clear processes that you have team functions well. But on the other hand, you have to create an environment where trust can emerge. You can force someone to trust in another person in your team. So you have to create the environment. Trust is the basis that you share experience, knowledge, you cooperate. You need to create the understanding of the objectives of the roles, so provide the purpose, and you need to develop a shared value based. And this is done in a field where you have some tensions between the core business and the future business, between your company alignment, following the, the clear strategy, for example. But on the other hand, be flexible as a small team, try to profit from some entrepreneurial opportunities you discover in markets or even internally in order to be quicker or to save money on your processes, business processes. And there's the tension between um, profitability and innovation. You have to, every dollar, every euro, you could put into innovation or more into enhancing profitability. And you need to find out your strategic positioning and how you manage your organization, your structure and your culture, you also have to reflect, you always have to reflect about the need for flexibility, for example, between alignment, stability, replication of what's existing and the adaptability to face market, changing market needs, for example. But on the other hand, you also have to, to figure out the need for innovation between incremental improvements and radical 
renewals. And you have to develop what we need, what we use, what we know from literature, an overarching identity, embracing inconsistencies you have and use them strategically in a meaningful way. But you have to match the external demands on flexibility and innovation and what you could deliver internally in exploitation, exploration, or in some kinds of differentiation, which means often an ambidextrous design. And you have to find the evolution of, of companies. You won't end up such as Kodak, for example, or other business examples. You need to create flexibility such as ambidexterity, balancing exploration and exploitation, modularity, where you can recombine your organization, patching, simple rules and other means for combining alignment and utility. But this is not only true on the top level of your company, but also on the levels below. You need always balance both modes. And what certain change is your topic and effective leadership for this is key. That's the reason why we developed this um, framework for leadership um, value chains and related skills you can develop as a leader. As always, effective leadership results from your skill base, but also your mindset to activate the skills you need for dealing with a certain situation. So leaders need increasingly switch between three core tasks. On the one hand, first, they need to combine They need to manage their issues, their topics and the tasks in the core business to be efficient, to be effective in what you are doing, for example, building cars. You need also to manage relationships between your team members. You need to manage people in your team in order to work together in a, a structured and meaningful way. Always when there are tensions um, between team members, when they do not understand their role, when they do not um, understand the objectives, you have tensions and you do not receive the results you could achieve with your team members. That you have to intervene in order to find a smooth progress of working together. And you have to manage the development. You have to create the space for the future business. And these are the core demands you face always in your leadership role, independent of the level. Sometimes there are small improvements, but you are the one as a leader to make the decisions on that. So managing issues means you have your execution value chain, managing people, your engagement, people value chain, and managing the development, you have your enhancement, development value chain. You have your ideas in your mind, but you have to scale them with your team in order to put all your resources, you have your efforts with the team for improving your unit and delivering to meet the company's or the market's objectives. Skills are useful and appropriate to activate and balance the leadership value chains. For execution, you need to understand the fact, technical knowledge. You need to apply methods in order to plan, to organize, to monitor results, in order to manage your issues, your tasks, and your topics. And this usually, which is my experience from, from MBA courses, for example, is that this is in the main focus of, of, very, uh, of many executives, managing issues. But you also have to 
focus on the social integration aspect, you have to activate and refine your social skills, better understand your personality types, better understand group dynamic issues, communication issues, and similar topics to be empathic to your team members in order to learn about their ideas or wishes in order to develop the team and to develop the relationship between a team member and yourself. So it's the managing people topic. But operations and social activities are just related to the current state of your department as it is in the present state. But you are responsible for moving forward into the future. You need to develop some concepts, some ideas, some strategies, how you deal, for example, with conflicts in your um, team in order to enable a more effective teamwork. For example, you order to need figure out how to set up a change process, how to set up an innovation project. That means you need some time, you need capacity, and you have to put attention to these development topics. And attention is a rather critical resource, we know, from Jim March and, and, and colleagues um, from Stanford University. You can't expand budgets sometimes, you can expand time, but what you as, a, as an executive can't expand is attention. You just have to put carefully your attention to different topics, to the current state or to the future in between to manage both ways and in particular also to the team. So managing issues means prioritizing, assigning, tracking. Managing people means energizing, connecting, encouraging. Managing development means sensing opportunities and threats in the market, seizing, making decisions on that, and reconfiguring. And you have to put your attention to each um, field differently and situation um, specific. When we put the main tensions on the field, they fight for attention, time, resources, and you have dynamically orchestrated your attention to the different value chains in order to deliver results, to enable the social integration of your team members, but also to look into the future and to set up innovation and chain projects. So the issue value chains. You receive objectives from the company, you receive your operational tasks from your daily business, and you receive some development issues when you set up change activities in your team. These are the issues, the topics, and the tasks. You need to prioritize them, and you need to manage the tension between, for example, the urgent ones, there's heavy pressure and, and red lights are flashing, and you put often the the attention to the urgent ones. But the more important are the important ones that you try to plan carefully, then the topic is perhaps not that urgent, that you focus on the future and try to figure out in scenarios what could happen to your unit or to your company. And in prioritizing, you need to also clarify these objectives with your team. Next, assigning, you need to design or define which topics are delegated to which team member and which uh, delegation mode or leadership style to a need in order to meaningfully delegate a topic. It's more a transaction, so you pay for, it's a command and control in the main logic, or it's more a transformative topic where you rather lead in a participative manner in order to integrate them, to allow them that they 
uh, creative, you can't force someone to be creative. You need to find the boundaries. You need to explain the sense that they deliver time for creativity. So you need to carefully, for example, decide in which topics execution is transactional, command and control more favorable compared to future business where more the transformative um, aspects um, should dominate in order to receive new ideas and, and critical perspectives on existing products, business models or processes. And you have to structure the roles accordingly in team. And finally, you need to track the deliverables, the degree of completion, for example, or results. And this could be done in a more control mode for exploitation or in a trustful environment. Creativity, again, is a good example that you can't control the level of creativity, how intensive someone tried to be creative. You can't judge the results, but you can't have a look in, inside the head of a re research and development team member, for example. You have to trust them and to create the environment based on often intrinsic motivation that they act creatively. And you have to define the processes, meeting structures within your team that you can track in a good way. You have the people value chain. You need to energize to motivate your team members. You need to figure out the personality types, for example. Every personality reacts differently on motivation structures. So for someone, autonomy is really favorable, while others need more structures in order to feel comfortable in their team environment. So providing purpose to your team. Try to connect yourself to each team member, but also to create a powerful team where performance and cohesion enables a trustful environment for working together. And in particular, building trust within your team that they are willing to contribute with ideas and activities also in the operational business is highly necessary. And you have to encourage them. Psychological safety is a huge topic. Um, Google found out that um, team performance heavily depends um, on psychological safety and the equal contribution of uh, every team member within a team and enables such environment where your team members can contribute is favorable in order get, to get good ideas and, and criticism where you can meaningfully work on that. And in your field of tensions, you could integrate your team, but then rather group pressure might suppress new ideas, or you could try to differentiate between exploitative activities within your team and explorative ones that you decouple the explorative ones and they dive deeper, for example, in an innovation topic, while the other team members focus more on the current business. And you have to balance or to find a balance between the two competing sets of values and norms. An enhancement, and this is in particular the exploratory um, domain we know from these and colleagues, for example, Berkeley University, that sensing is, is highly relevant in order to get new insights into markets and into competitor behavior, into changing client wishes. And sensing means listening, listening and observing, listening to your clients, listening to your network partners, but in particular also listening to your team members. Try to figure out which ideas do they have in order to be more effective in markets uh, to develop new technologies? And you could move forward in both um, fields. You could use existing technologies, for example, for new markets. 
but also you could use your market knowledge in order to develop technologies for entering with new technologies, new products, quite existing market and expand your offerings there. So make sense or making sense collectively is team activity on that. Interpret the biggest information from the environment. Then you have to make decisions. Every decision could be either on exploitation, moving forward with the, with the existing processes, products, business models, or try to explore somewhat new markets, somewhat new technologies. And you could make your decisions by your own, but you also could involve your team, then the participant, and then they feel more connected to the team and more being involved and being part of the team, which enhances motivation in decision-making. And after making decisions on innovation or change, you need to reconfigure you adapt your organization, you need to implement the change and the innovation in a consistent manner. And the question is, which personality do we need or which personality is favorable for these requirements? And when we focus on, on different leaders from companies and from politics, then we find rational experts such as Pierre emotional integrators such as Brindenten, stable managers such as Jürgen Schrem from Daimler, Chrysler or Job and, and Apple as an explorator example. What we see is that your personality traits are differently shaped, but they are highly stable in the age of 20 and older. So getting a better idea about your leadership personality is a first step to deal with strengths and weaknesses um, you have in a much more meaningful way. So take the nine fields of the leadership value chain and try to figure out how much attention you put to each field, how much time you put in your daily leadership practice to each, to each field. And is this enough for dealing with execution, engagement and enhancement in the environment you act and you make your decision? And this is exactly the question to the demands of the environment. What are the situational characteristics? What are the dynamic requirements. If I have a, a conflict in my team, I have to put attention to the engagement side. If I have time and, and the current business is, is well prepared, I can put attention, for example, to enhancement in order to figure out new technology trends. Sometimes I need to put more attention on execution, clarifying priorities again, or tracking the progress of some projects in a more meaningful way. So you need to figure out in a meaningful way what's my personality and what are the situational characteristics in order to emphasize different aspects of the value chain. And you have some force fields where you put pressure to development. You can develop yourself in your leadership role in order to expand your focus just from exploitation to engagement and to enhancement. And you can develop your team members individually, so they enhance their skill in a way that you can delegate some topics in a much better way. This is one force you have. You can develop your team. That's the next leadership force. You can use the performance side, aims, roles, processes, but also the social side, the understanding, sense-making, the purpose, the trust, and the value. And you can try the structures, the processes, the meeting structures 
the processes, the systems supporting your operational processes, for example, in order to move with your organization in a better way. These are your fields where you can intervene as a leader in order to. So finally, what you need in times like this is like leaders acting responsibly in stormy times, having a well-functioning team where you can trust that they know where they go and how they work together. And I learned from an interview from a manager, you should not start running to sail in a storm. And I think this is a very good metaphor. You should prepare in a fair weather condition your team. You need to clarify the objectives, you need to clarify the roles, you need to clarify processes, you try to enhance and to develop a trustful environment. And if there is a storm emerging, then you know what's you have to do, and ho hopefully each team member as well. But if you're not prepared for that, you discuss on the objectives, you discuss on the roles, com conflicts in a very bad way are highly likely, likely to emerge. So my final recommendations, summary, the business environment is always in a constant flux. So you need constantly to adapt to thriving and surviving with your company. Paradoxes are there. You can't escape them. Exploration, exploitation, it's always there and you have to deal with both. So use your leadership value chain. Try to orchestrate by emphasizing different activities in the value chain in a temporal manner. Use power to shape development, to move forward with your team. You can use the fiends of the leadership value chain in order to develop your team. It's a good recommendation to, your, to know about your strengths and weaknesses depending on your leadership value chains and the different themes. What is your leadership personality? If you know your strengths and weaknesses, you can deliberately much better with that. And you can develop strategies in particular in those fields that are less pronounced in your leadership personality. You can develop practices, for example, to remind yourself to emphasize a certain activities in a more effective way. You can delegate or to make team members responsible that they focus on those fields where you're not that well prepared. And you can develop structures in order to support decision-making in the field where you do not have such strengths on that. So lead situationally, trust your gut feeling for 80, 90%, your gut feeling is the navigator of your decision-making. But try sometimes to reflect on your gut feeling, on your decision-making procedures. Sometimes environment is changing, so you have to adjust your gut feeling in a certain way and find out if your gut provides enough experience to meet the requirements of a given situation. And what I wish you at the end is be successful in the current business, but also try to thrive and survive in the future business. Thank you very much. And now it's the opportunity for questions and answers. I have some literature recommendations. And in particular, at the end, I would like to emphasize our executive MBA and engineering management between Caltech, Pasadena, and Vienna University of Technology in Vienna. Both are quite old institutions. Our institution is that compared to the age of the um, state of California, so 200 years um, plus, boost your career. You make supply chain and operations management, deep tech and systems engineering at Caltech in Pasadena, leadership and project management in Vienna 
and the foundation business or management and technology also in Vienna. I would like to introduce you and invite you to also have a look on our webpage in order to find out whether this program fits to your needs, what I hope. So thank you very much. And this is now the opportunity for questions and answers. Okay, uh, Wolfgang, thank you very much. Thank you for having an amazing presentation here. And, and uh, we've been compiling some questions in, uh, as you've been going along. And frankly, you did such amazing jobs. You've already answered most of the questions I had here, but I have a few left here that I'd, I'd like to go over and ask you, if I may. The first question is, you've laid out the leadership value change and how it can provide value to the organization at many different levels. How can the leadership programs integrate value change to foster effective leadership in organizations that you have supported thus far in the organizations that you'll be supporting in the future? Any thoughts on that? What we use, for example, the leadership value chains is in our management development programs, the structure, the way how we teach the different topics in leadership in order to provide leaders a framework where they can reflect on their strengths and weaknesses and learn about the different fields they need to activate. And my impression is it's often highly diffuse. So the expectations, what should I do as a leader? And what I usually, how do I learn to lead sometimes from MBA programs, sometimes from trainee programs, but often I observe just other leaders. And if the other leaders just focus on the existing business, I also focus on the existing business. I dedicate my attention and time and efforts to exploitation, to the execution value chain. But sometimes it's not enough. There are people, my human resources that I could use. So get an idea about, okay, there's a people value chain. I have to put focus on energizing, connecting, encouraging. But also I'm, I'm responsible as a leader for the future. Okay, that's my job. And how could I deliver results in this way? And having this framework in management development and the various theoretical concepts behind and the methods you can apply for fulfill the ideas and the content or the objectives of the of the activities is um, our training approach. And if you modify the mindset of leaders that they keep an eye on this topic and that topic and try to be situation specific in their leadership decision making, then it would be a, a huge advancement. Not only the top management moves forward, but also on lower levels. I need to optimize. Even my project manager, I need to form my team. I need to be ahead of my team members in my perspective, what could be the future requirements we have to face within the next year or month in my project and how could I prepare myself and my team on that requirements. And if I have in mind that there are three main tasks for focus on, then I'm more effective. Thank you. Amazing response on that. Next question is, is referring to one of your comments that you had in one of your last slides is, learning to sail before there's a storm. And I, I know that you have an amazing program that outlines various trainings, various experiences in that group, but what other tips would you give to leaders to help their teams to learn how to sail during normal operations, given there's so many things that they have to do to, to serve their customers along the way? What additional things or tips and ideas would you have in help uh, in that area of leading sailing in normal storm, uh, whether as a metaphor? What I really like is try to reduce complexity. I observe from my technicians, they are 
great in reducing complexity, my professors nearby from the technical subjects. And I also like the approach of Katie Eisenhardt from Stanford on simple rules, try to reduce complexity in order to figure out the essence of a certain task. And when you try to reduce complexity, what you should prepare in your team, then I think six main points mentioned in the presentation. First, if you do not have clear objectives, then tensions are highly likely. Team members do not know in which way they move. So clarifying objectives is one main task. It's your responsibility to deliver results with your team members. You have to put your objectives in the heads and in the hearts of your team members first. Second, you have to clarify roles. You can't do everything by your own. You have to delegate. You have to assign team members for different tasks, clarifying roles that team members accept the expectations related to the role that other team members also know who is responsible taking the role in your team for a certain task, reducing tensions and conflicts in a, on a high level and clarifying processes, clarifying how you work together, how you make meetings together, how you store information, minutes from meetings and in which way we, we develop minutes, for example. Our main activities where you have to meet together and to define standards. You can define the standards by your own, but in a better way is invite your team members that they contribute in order to find the rules of the game, how you intend to work as a team. For example, for the work of ho from home assignments. So you need to find any clue how you um, organize remote work. And then you, not, you have to define a process, how we work together. If they spend some time at home and sometimes in the office, clarify the rules the minimal standards necessary so you set the boundaries and within the boundaries team members might be free to decide in which way they meet your expectations. That's the performance side, the hard fact side. The soft fact side is a bit more complicated. You need to find out whether your team members understand the reasons behind the why, the purpose of your aims. If they understand it, they move perhaps in a self-organizing way in this direction if they are committed to the aims. You have to create a trustful atmosphere. So they have to meet together. They have to better understand each other. They need to understand their socialization background, their previous career, find platforms where they can meet together, where they exchange ideas and information that they develop, a, in the best case, a high level of trust um, to each other and integrate them, encourage them that they contribute to find a set of values, at least enabling psychological safety, that they, in certain specified meeting structures, that they can provide uncommon, unusual ideas, they can criticize. It's not enough if the, it's just uh, the critics or the ideas in the heads of your team member. You have to You need the words and the dialogue and the conversation and a team in order to react on that. And in order to get some ideas from your team member, they need to feel safe psychologically. And this is your task as a leader, invite them to contribute and create a team that do not punish deviations or unusual comments from team members in defined contexts, for example. So be clear, objectives, roles, processes, purpose, trust, 
and values. Thank you again for another um, amazing response there. I, I just have one more question, and this is a selfish one. Being an agilist at heart, I, I figured I'd, I'd have to ask you this. I hear in your presentation, I hear value. I hear about outcomes. I hear about value streams, mindset. You just talked about self-organizing teams, psychological safety. These are things that just I would just just, just did my heart good to hear these things, that these are tenets of, of agility. As you go through and work with these various organizations, has the topic of agility or agility frameworks been integrated in the discussion here as you have your executive programs? We try to enhance the ability to figure out which leadership style is appropriate to a given situation. Some companies are highly successful if they are not agile, if they rely on, on procedures, evasion, for example, if you are a pilot, you're trust procedures, you follow procedures, and you need to exclude any deviations or agile activities, except of thunderstorms, for example, where you allow a bit more flexibility. And in other situations, you have to be highly flexible, agile, and then try to figure out in which way you move forward. And what we try to train in our programs, executives, that they figure out in which situation is which set of skills and set of activities necessary and how can I balance both ways and how can I understand why in, in such in, in some situations replication, stability, predictability is necessary, while in other situations perhaps even within my unit or department, flexibility, creativity, a very agile dealing with novelties in order to develop technologies, to develop a business model, to test the business model outside the company in order to get feedback um, from markets is necessary in order to learn and to stimulate. And one of, of the challenging, main challenging task is to have both activities on a high level within your team. Try to be predictable as possible and efficient as possible in one part of your domain, but um, having some projects for radical innovations, for example, on the other hand, we have to, to try to be as agile as possible. And if we are able to provide and understanding why this and that is not necessary, then I think graduates and executives will profit from their flexibility. We have our gut feeling, we have our preferred leadership style, either more authoritarian or more flexible, dissipative. And if I can figure out who I am as a leader and which requirements are embedded in a certain situation, then I'm much more effective if I can activate the necessary, for example, value chain, leadership value chain, compared to I follow just one procedure and do not understand the requirements of the situation or of the market. Well, Dr. Gutel, thank you so much for an amazing presentation here. Uh, when we saw that you had you, you were scheduled here for September, I expected a dynamic, amazing presentation that we would be able to learn from here and you exceeded that expectation. So we thank you very much for that and providing that for you here this month. Uh, to, to those of you who are uh, part of the, the uh, session here today, thank you for your attendance. I hope that you had a great learning experience also. Uh, again, we have these monthly live streams here from Caltech CTMA here, same time on the third Tuesday of the month. Please come in invite your friends along the way. Thank you again. We'll see you again here in October and you have a great day and a, a great rest of your week. Thank you and take care.